There is a Bible verse that I've been reflecting on for a while now. And, um, and so today I'm going to change the message. I feel that this is what God really wants me to share with us today. Just a Bible verse that I'm reflecting upon because I keep thinking about my own life, my own personal struggle as a pastor, as a Christian. The struggles that I've gone through throughout my whole life, all the things that kept me away from God. All these things, all these garbages that the Apostle Paul talks about that is in our life. That we keep holding on to them and we're not able to let them go. We're just not able to let them go. And it is those garbage that just keeps us away from knowing Jesus Christ more and more and more. And so today what I will be um, sharing with us is the passage from Philippians, uh, Philipp, the Phil, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through verse 11. And this is what it says, the Apostle Paul wrote, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law of false. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I've been running away from God my whole life. I'm like Jonah, like Jonah, just running away, running away from God, just holding to all these garbages in my own life that kept me away from being able to do the things that God has asked me to do, just keeping me away from being able to, do, to exercise the gifts that God has given to me to really serve God and his people. And so I've been reflecting on this Bible verse here for the past month or so. And one of the things that I realized whenever we read about the Apostle Paul, whenever we read any of the letters that he wrote to the churches during his time, we see something that is so clear in his writing. We see something that is just so clear in his writing, and we see that he knew exactly what his purpose was. He knew exactly why God called him. He knew exactly why God created him. He knew exactly why he was born. He knew exactly the purpose for his existence. That is so, so clear. That is just so clear in all of the writings of the Apostle Paul. And sometimes in our own life as Christians, even in my own life, sometimes that's just not so clear. Because we're so distracted, because I'm, I was so distracted by so many things in this life. And many of us are. Many of us are distracted by so many things in this life. And so that's the reason why this is not always so very clear to us, like how it was to the Apostle Paul. 
And he said in verse 10, he says this, that what he wants to do more than anything else, more than anything else, he was so convinced of this. He was absolutely just convicted of this. And he says, I want, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And he says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. This knowledge that the Apostle Paul is talking about is not just learning about Jesus Christ. It's not just learning about the Bible. But what he's talking about is he's talking about having this relationship, having this closeness with Christ, having this intimacy with his Lord and his Savior, having this intimacy with Jesus Christ. He wants to know that so much. He wants every single thought, everything about his life, everything that he does with his hands, every place that he goes. He wants it to be all be about Jesus Christ. He doesn't want anything. He doesn't want anything to distract him from that. And later on he goes and he says, you know, I do not consider myself to have attained this. So he doesn't consider himself being able to have this yet. But yet this is what he wanted in his own life. He wanted this so much that he proclaimed it, that I want to know Christ. This is my purpose. This is the reason why I was called. This is the reason why I became a Christian. This is the reason why Jesus Christ called me and he turned me away from the old ways on that road to Damascus when I was trying to go there to persecute Christians and Jesus Christ called me. This is the reason is to know him. He called me. To know him. This is the reason why I was born. This is the reason why I exist. This is the reason why God created me. It's to know Jesus Christ. This is the reason why I am a Christian. It's to know him. And so this is what I want. Above all things, above all things, this is what I want. And sometimes I think about myself. Is that what I want in my life? As a Christian, is it... Am I serving God because I want to know Christ? Am I a Christian? Am I coming to church because I want to know Christ? Or am I simply here because I, I enjoy having friends and I enjoy just being around my friends? I enjoy the social environment. Why, why am I here? Why am I serving God? Why am I a pastor? Is it really because I want to know Christ? Or, or am I just trying to impress people? Or what am I trying to do? What am I trying to do? And I hope we all can really reflect upon that. I hope we can all really reflect upon that and say, you know, how about us in our own life, in our own walk with Christ, in our own walk as Christians? What are we here for? What are we here for? Are we here? Are we here really, really for this purpose, this very same purpose that the Apostle Paul is proclaiming, that we are here to know Jesus Christ? Sometimes, sometimes we think of becoming Christians because we don't want to be sick. We don't want to be ill anymore. We want to be able to, you know, pray to God when we get sick so God will, you know, heal us. But the Apostle Paul is saying that these are not reasons. These are not reasons for us. I mean, they're important, but they're not the, they're, they're not the purpose of our walk with Christ. The purpose of our walk with Christ is to know Him. It's to know him, it's to be close to him, to have this intimacy with Jesus Christ. For every everything that we think in our hearts, in our minds, everything is to be upon Jesus Christ. And back in the days when my wife and I, we were dating, I was living in San Jose. She was here and she was in Marysville. 
we met at church. We met at church. I came to church and we, we met. I, I, I really liked her. <laughs> I really liked her. And so when I went home, you know, all I could think about was her. All I can think about. Whether I'm eating, whenever I sit down to eat, I think about her. What is she doing? When I go to sleep, I think about her. Whatever I do, everything that I did, I, I, I thought about her all the time. That was, it drove me crazy. It drove me crazy. And back in those days, we don't have cell phones, right? So you have to call long distance all the time. And, you know, I was calling long distance, and the phone bill was like $300, $400. $300, And my parents would come to me, and they'll get, you know, so angry at me. Why are you, you know, why are you calling her so much? It's $300, $400. Back then, I, you know, back then when, when you're young, I was, very, I, I was, you know, just like any other young person. I, I was kind of, you know, lazy, too, so I didn't want to go to work. You know, I didn't want to go to work. But, you know, when I met her and those bills were piling up, I, you know, I, I, I knew I had to get a job. And so I started working. So I started working just so I can pay for the bills. Just so I can help my parents pay for those bills. Those $300, $400 bills. I thought about her all the time. Just, she just consumed my mind. It was driving me crazy. You know, Eli was watching, Eli was watching these YouTube videos, um, in, um, Laos, and in the Hmong culture, in, back in, in Laos and in Vietnam, um, when they get married, they would, they would go and they would kidnap each other, right? You know, you see a girl that you really like, you would kidnap that girl. That's how it was. And he, so Eli was saying, Dad, what are they doing? I, I told Eli, Eli, you know, that's how we, that's how Hmong people used to get married back in the days. And so his next question was, so did you, did you kidnap mom or did mom kidnap you? <laughs> And I told him, and I told him, of course, I gave him the, 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 the true answer. I said, Mom kidnapped me. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I was so consumed. I was so consumed with just thinking about her. And that's what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about is that he wants to be consumed with Christ in his life. He wants everything to be about Jesus Christ in his own life. And that's what his purpose was. That's what he understood his purpose to be. And he goes on and he says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection. This power that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead and made him alive again. Made him alive again. I want to experience that power. That very same power of the resurrection. That very same power of creation. That God, out of nothing, God created the heavens and the earth. That very power that God used to change the hearts of stone into a heart of flesh. That very same power the Apostle Paul is saying, man, I, would just, I just want to experience that. I want to know how it feels like to have that. Yeah, I tried to go golfing before. I tried to go golfing with some of my friends. Some of them are pretty good. They've been golfing their whole life, and they can hit that ball 200 yards, 200, 300 yards. I thought I could do that too. And I tried. It, it doesn't go that far. But you know, you know, when those, when, when they, those people who are used to playing golf and they hit that ball, it goes so far. 200 and 300 yards. And here we are as Christians and we have a God that is so much more powerful than that. And when He touches us, we are saying that there is no change in our life. You see, those golfers, when they touch that ball, they can change the, where the ball, the location of that ball. But what we're saying is that our God is more powerful than that, yet when our God touches us, there is no change. 
That's what we're, many times that was, that's what we were saying. That's what Paul was saying. That's what Paul is talking about is that he wants to experience that transformational power on his own life. That power, that power of death, of death and becoming alive again. The power of death. You see, the message of the gospel is not about us trying to reach out to people who are not good and trying to teach them to do good. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is for us to reach out to people who are dead and making them alive again. Bringing, bringing life to people who are already dead. You know, as when we don't have Christ in our life, we may be walking around, we may be breathing and things of that sort. But the, but the scriptures teach us that we're dead. We're dead spiritually. And unless there is an intervene, unless God intervenes, unless there's an intervention from God, and He intervenes in our life, and He makes a change in our life, that there's no way that we can ever respond to God. There's no way that we can ever respond to God. And that's the power that, that the Apostle Paul is talking about. I want to experience that power. I want to know what that power is. I want to be able to respond to God. I want to be able to hear God. I want to be able to know exactly the will of God. I want to be able to go where God wants me to go. I want to be able to just respond to Him. I want to be able to hear His voice. That's what Paul is talking about. Such power, such great power in the life of people. That's why we see so many people, we see so many people who become Christians and their life just totally change. Just totally change. A lot of times in this generation, a lot of times we forget about the power of Jesus Christ. We forget about the power of the gospel. A lot of times we don't have faith in that anymore. But as we go to third world countries and as I sit, as I sat yesterday just listening to the missionary who, the missionary who goes to Laos and Laos in Southeast Asia, talking about how the gospel just changed people's lives. Turn men and women or turn men who are very abusive towards their wives and turn these men to become loving men, loving husbands towards their, towards their wives. Changing and transforming a whole culture, a whole culture, a whole group of people. A lot of times in this country, we, we, we take things like that for granted, and a lot of times we don't even have faith in the power of Christ anymore. But yet when we hear stories and we hear testimonies from missionaries and from Christians from other countries, from very, very poor countries, and they talk about how much the gospel has transformed themselves, how much the gospel has transformed their culture, we are reminded, we are reminded how great, how great of a message that we have. We are reminded of that power, the power of the resurrection. Men and women who who used to be drug addicts, and they leave that life behind. They're able to leave that life behind. I myself, I used to hate God so much, so much. I hated God so much. And yet, somehow God transformed my life. A lot of times it takes that for us to really see the power, the power of the resurrection, that power that God has in our own life. And he just transforms us. Then he goes on and he says that I want to participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to. 
I'm willing to participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ. When Paul wrote this letter here, he was writing this letter from a prison cell. In chapter 1, he's talking about being changed for Jesus Christ. Being changed for Jesus Christ. And yet he is saying, he is saying that I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to participate in the suffering of the resurrection. And I know we talked about this before. A couple of people have asked me to, you know, go into a little bit more detail about how the disciples died. And we see the disciples, Peter, he was crucified upside down in Rome. He was crucified upside down in Rome. Peter's brother, Andrew, he was beaten and tied to the cross. He wasn't nailed to the cross, but he was tied to the cross because they didn't want him to die right away. They wanted him to suffer. And so he was tied to the cross and he was left for dead. And he stayed on that cross for two days until he died. But within those two days, as people were walking by, he was still preaching the gospel to them. As people was walking by mocking him, he was still preaching the gospel to them. Matthew was stabbed to death. James was killed with a sword. John was exiled to the island of Patmos. Philip was crucified in Egypt. Bartholomew was skinned alive and beheaded. Thomas was killed by a spear. Thaddeus was crucified. Simon the Canaanite was crucified. Matthias, the one that was chosen to replace Judas, was also crucified. And Paul was beheaded. Paul was beheaded. So we see, we see that, these, that these guys are not simply writing things, but they actually lived it out. That they were really, really, really willing to participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ. And then I think about myself. I say, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't even want to pray in public because we don't want people to know that we're Christians. Sometimes we don't even want to do that because we're ashamed that they might know that we, we love Jesus. Sometimes when we think about the sufferings that the apostles were willing to go through and, and we, then we look at our own lives and we see that we're willing to give so little to our Lord. We're willing to give so little to our Jesus Christ. And we see that when we know, the, when we know about God, when we experience His power, when we're willing to participate in His suffering, our life will be a life that brings so much glory to God. And that when people see us and when they look at us, they can say that, that woman, that man, he is a man or a woman of God. In the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it says this. It says that men's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the whole purpose of our life. That's the whole reason why we were created. So that we, through, that, so that we can glorify God. So that we, so that we can be a reflection of God's love. So we can be a reflection of God's grace to the whole world. That's what it means to glorify Him. It's just to be a reflection of who He is to the entire world. And I don't even know, sometimes I look at myself and I even question myself, am I being a reflection of God's grace to the world? It's a, it's a challenge that we take upon. Not, we understand that we have not yet to attain everything that we want to do, but it's something that we challenge ourselves. Am I being able to reflect God's grace and God's love? Am I being able to shine for God? Am I a reflection of this amazing love, of this amazing grace for God? 
And the Apostle Paul goes on and he talks about taking out all the trash. And he understands that in order for us to really know God, in order for us to really experience his power, for us to really be able to participate in his, uh, his suffering, for us to really understand what it means to live for God's glory, is that we need to take all the trash out of our lives. Just a week ago, just a week ago, my wife and I, we had to clean out our garage. Being the oldest son, I guess I'm pretty lucky, I don't know. But being the oldest son and being the oldest sibling, all my brothers and all my sisters, they take their junk and they throw it in my garage. <laughs> right? So whenever my brother moves, he takes his junk and he throws it in my garage. I come home, his junk is there. My sisters are the same way. Whenever they move, they come, they just take their junk and throw it in my garage. You know, at first, when they start throwing stuff in my garage, you know, at first, you know, okay, I can't park two cars in there anymore. Now I can park one car. That's fine. I guess I can put up with that. And as it goes on, now I can't even put any of my cars in my garage anymore, right? And so I called up my, my nieces and my nephews, and I said, you know what? You guys need to come over here and clean out your parents' junk. <laughs> so they came over, and, and so we, we rented a U-Haul. We took all the junk, and we threw it in the U-Haul. We took it to the to the dump, to the, to the junkyard, and we threw it over there. But a lot of times, you know, just like how my garage was filled up with so much junk, with so much garbage that I couldn't park my cars in there anymore. A lot of times, our life is the very same way. Our lives are just filled with so much junk. Our life is just filled with so much garbage that we have no place for Jesus Christ anymore. And Christ can't come into our life anymore because of that. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying that, you know what? If anyone is to have confidence or in the flesh, if anyone was, is, was to have this confidence in the flesh, it is me. I've done all the religious stuff. I've done all the religious rituals. I was, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Through my birth itself, I was born into the nation of Israel. I was born as, as the people of God. I was born into this. And not only was I born into the nation of Israel, I was also born into the tribe of Benjamin, a special tribe within the nation of Israel. I have all these things. I have all these accomplishments. I was a Pharisee. I was, I was so, you know, I have so much zeal as a Pharisee that I was persecuting Christians all because of this. I did all these things. I had all these accomplishments. I learned from the best teachers. And yet, I came to realize that all of this means absolutely nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ. All of this is complete garbage compared to just knowing Jesus Christ. And so we see, we see the heart of the Apostle Paul. And so we need to ask ourselves, what is it that's keeping us away from really, really knowing Jesus Christ? What is it that's keeping us away from really having this intimacy with Christ? What are the things, what are the garbages in our own life that we need to take out, that we need to get rid of so that we can make room for Jesus Christ, so that we can make room for Jesus Christ? You know, Revelation, we see that Bible verse that Jesus Christ is knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. A lot of times we take that Bible verse and we say to non-Christians that Jesus Christ is knocking on your heart. But the context of that Bible verse is not talking to people who are not believers. 
the context of the Bible verse is talking to Christians. It's talking to a church. Because the church has, has so much stuff inside that church that the church has locked Christ outside of the door. And when Jesus Christ was knocking on that door, he was knocking on the door of a, of a church. He wasn't knocking on the door of a non-Christian's heart. He was knocking on the door of a church. Let me in. You have locked me out. You have forsaken me. You have taken upon all these garbages in your life. And so you have no more room for me. Why don't you let me back in? That's, what, that's the context of that verse. And a lot of times as Christians, so a lot of times as Christians, I know even in my own personal life, I have so much garbage that I've locked Christ out. I have no place for Jesus Christ. And so for all of us today, I want us to really reflect upon that. Really just reflect upon that. You know, the, the DS, Dr. Samuelson said to the National Hong Caucus, and he said this, if you think it's easy to be a Christian, you're in for a surprise. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's going to be hard. That's what he said. It's going to be hard. And he talks about taking on a new adventure, the willingness to take on an adventure, a new adventure. And he says the reason why it's an adventure is because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. And, and the reason why it's an adventure is because it is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You have to be willing to go on that adventure with Christ if you want to grow. If you're not willing, if you want to take the easy way out, there's never going to be any progress. So I want us to also reflect upon that to see if are we really willing to go on this adventure with Christ? This adventure that's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today, Father. We know that there's so many times in our lives that we have so many things, so much garbage just in our own lives that we've locked you out. We pray that you will allow us to remove those things from our lives, remove those things from our hearts. We want to go on this adventure with you, God. Lead us on this adventure. We know it's not going to be easy. We know it's going to be difficult. But we want to go with you, no matter where you may lead us to. Let us go with you and let us follow you every step of the way. And so, Father, we lift up everyone here to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.